On the show today, I'm joined by one of the stars of the new Australian romantic comedy, Alex and Eve. So stay tuned for that interview. Hello and welcome to Benjamin Man McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and firstly, I do apologise for not issuing any episodes last month. I uh, took a a much-needed break and I have some wonderful interviews coming up for you over the next couple of months. Now, today's interview was recorded almost a year ago, but uh, the movie that we discussed a little bit, Alex and Eve, has only just come out in cinemas. There you go, it does show the long process it takes from making a movie to getting it released in cinemas. Now, the movie is Alex and Eve, and Alex and Eve is based off an Australian play. Now, the, the play was turned into a movie, it's just been released in Australian cinemas, and it's hugely successful at the moment, gaining some absolutely wonderful reviews. So I talked to the, one of the stars, Andrea, about her role and everything else she's done. She's done some great work from Brownies and Janet King to stage plays and short films, and we discuss her entire acting career. Here's that interview. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. Well, who or what inspired you to become an actress? Oh, okay. Um, Well, I did a lot of uh, dancing when I was young, and then I... Well, I kind of, you know, grew up watching Audrey Hepburn and and Doris Day, and and, um, I kind of wasn't aware. I didn't come from a very theatrical family. They're theatrical in another way, in life ways, but they're not theatrical really in the, you know, theatre, stage, and film world. Um, And and then I I kind of I, I did so I didn't know that storytelling was really an outlet that I could become invested in. Um, and then, so I did a lot of dancing and then I, so I went to Whopper for a year and did the dance course and then just did a few units of acting and, and felt for me that it was, um, I suited that, that way of storytelling, um, a lot better. So yeah, I, it wasn't ever like a lifelong, like I didn't grow up as a kid thinking I wanted to be an actor at all. It was kind of something I, I fell into and then began to love quite mm. a lot. So can you yeah. talk us through your career journey? Well, I moved to Sydney um, when I was 19 and I um, went to NIDA um, and did a three-year acting course at NIDA. Uh, and then I graduated and didn't work for a while, which was quite depressing. And you've kind of got ideas about what's going to happen when you graduate from drama school and you have big aspirations and then you see other people's journeys and you go, oh, how come that's not... My journey, so I didn't, I didn't work for a little bit, and then I um, was so lucky to be cast in um, uh, Bell Shakespeare to do a um, an education program, and so I did the education program, and from then on, um, Bell Shakespeare employed me about five times, and so I did um, a few shows with Bell, um, and um, which I did uh, Twelfth Night, uh, Pericles, Romeo and Juliet. Um, and I've done a few corporate gigs for them too, and I've of course done the, the actors at work, which I got to play lots of characters that I've always wanted to play. And then um, I've worked for Sydney Theatre Company, uh, recently worked for Belvoir, um, and yeah, I've done some TV and some film. I worked in a great film this year called Alex and Eve, which is a rom-com. We're trying to bring the rom-coms back to Australian film. Um, yeah, so yeah, get some pieces and 
I'm currently working on a, um, a series called The Principal for SBS, uh, which is led by Alex Demetrios, which is weird because we've got the same last name, but we're not related. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So you you mentioned a, a a period of no work after university. How did you keep yourself yeah. going through that? Because I know a lot of actors often drop out if they can't get work, you know, instantaneously or oh. quite soon. Yeah, it was. You know, you kind of. It's just a business you can't control, as you know, because I've just googled you and you've done lots of musicals and plays, and mm. this industry is just something you can't control, and you feel as if it's you're letting yourself down and stuff but it is based on like there's so many things it's based on but it's not you know you can be the best actor you can be and you can have the best accent you can have and you can be the best trained you know your vocal and your movement and all that and it can have nothing to do with that when it gets to the casting and I think that was that took me a while to kind of go okay so if I'm not working I've still got to value myself (laughs) as a person even though it's really hard, I found, I don't know, if, you know, I'm sure, you know, it, I don't know if you have felt like this as an artist, you really find it hard to value yourself if you're not working. You, you find mm. it hard to kind of distinguish yourself from your career. Absolutely. You, well, I, I felt very worth, worthless in the past. And, and that's something that I feel as if graduates really need to be told at drama schools and because it's got nothing to, you know, we, you know, a lawyer doesn't, isn't a lawyer all the time or, you know, but because it's our body is the vehicle and all that, you really do take it personally if you don't, you're not working because you go, well, is it me as a person that's just shit or, you know what I mean? So, mm. but, um, yeah, so that, that, that was a hard time and I'm from Perth primarily, so I was like, all right, back to Perth, I'll uh, do that, that, but then, uh, yeah, and then I just kind of, persevered and luckily some things came up and and then you do you you really um you know you've got to have a life outside the art that you create and the art that you're a part of so yeah so so you live as well as you work Mm, certainly a good motto do you you agree i do i do agree with that it is it is sometimes Mm. hard to take the rejections of uh and you you take it personally sometimes Well, you do, and then you just realise you've got no control. And I think that control, that lack of control, was hard for me to kind of deal with at first. But now I go, you know, I, you know, I just recently got down to the last two for something, and I didn't get it. And I just, in my head, I just thought, you know what? That other person is celebrating right now, and that's enough for me. <laughs> because you go, if I didn't get it, somebody else got it, and that's cool. But, at, you know, three, four years ago, I would have been like, oh, God, you know. Mm, yeah, we can all relate to that kind of feeling. Yeah, oh geez, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so was there one project or experience you saw as a turning point for your career? Um, you know, I think, I think the first, being employed by John Bell, you know, when I, when I first started working for Bell Shakespeare and when I first started kind of working properly in the industry was a big turning point for me. Um, because suddenly I was working for someone who I revered, like, you know, was obsessed with. And, um, he is one of the greats in Shakespeare and in theatre as a whole in Australia. And I kind of went, oh, okay, so he's seeing something in me that, he's seeing I've got something to offer in this storytelling world. 
and I guess that was my biggest turning point. I went, oh, I, I, I do have some value within this uh, world that, that maybe I'm a good vehicle to express how this character's feeling and then maybe an audience member will watch me and relate to that. And so, so that was a big turning point. And I guess when I did... Um, when I first did some TV work, I, re I really enjoyed the whole uh, form of television. Uh, I did a, a guest on All Saints and um, I forgot what I had, some illness. And um, I remember getting to the set though and going, oh, everything's so make believe. Like, you know, the incubators weren't real and everything was moving. And I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, that was weird. Um, but I... I um, yeah, I kind of, I really like the form of television. I like how the moment exists and then you get the moment entirely as opposed to film, I mean, TV, um, stage where you're, and like every night you recreate, you know what I mean? And then you make more and then you make more. And Whereas TV is like, for that intense minute of acting, all your focus is within that. And then you move on and you forget about that moment and then all those different moments connect and kind of, create the arc and I, I quite liked that so mm -hmm. when I was very lucky enough to do Crowley's and then Janet King and um, I I really began to kind of attempt to master that form you know nowhere near mastering it but you know it, it's great to have that practice to kind of get it and get those moments and get those important looks and those important you know storytelling moments out so then that kind of you know coincides with the rest of the story yeah yeah I think that was, yeah. yeah yeah so so which of the the two mediums do you prefer working in well you know give me anything uh give me anything yeah i like both for different reasons you know i love the idea of a live audience and the idea that things can change and and then i do love the idea of uh doing such an intense moment and then just forgetting about it and um i love how tv and film can Unfortunately, you know, I wish theatre was more accessible here in Australia, but um, I love how it can be accessed by more people. Like, you know, I'm watching a series, I, you know, I love television series, you know, House of Cards, oh my God, I just watched it. But I'm watching Peaky Blinders at the moment, which is an amazing series with Gillian Murphy, and it's um, set in Birmingham. I don't, have you watched it? I haven't seen that one yet, no. Oh, it's great. It's like, you know, about after just after World War One, and... and um, and, and it's just great. And you go, oh, it's, it's so extraordinary that I now am beginning to kind of, you know, obviously it, it, it's a glamorised kind of version of what it was and stuff. But I, I'm, I, I can now access that era and that time. And, and so many other people can just by going into iTunes and buying it, you know. So, yeah, I, I find that's the, really the most extraordinary thing about TV and film is that, you know, cheaper and more people can access it, you know. Mm. It is a bit expensive. Oh, God, yeah. It can be. Um, so I suppose you've mentioned that you've performed a lot of Shakespeare, so do you think that's more challenging than performing regular theatre? Oh, probably, definitely. Well, you know, you know, uh, not. But, uh, it, it's challenging in the fact that, you know, it's Elizabethan text, so it's kind of like, you know, we don't talk like that. As opposed to doing, like, Williamson, which is contemporary, it's kind of, I guess, different in that. Um, and the iambic pentameter is... Um, the verse is a whole different way of um, kind of reading the text, but Shakespeare gives you all the the hints and the clues and everything. He puts things in like pop, like he, he actually tells you what you're supposed to hit and tells you. So I 
find that once you can work that out, it's really wonderful and it just rolls off the tongue. I went and saw when I went to London and saw Jude Law do Henry V and I was Ooh. like, Whoa <laughs> Yeah, it was great. And you know, I wasn't a massive fan of Jude Law. I was like, Uh, oh, pretty boy, whatever and then I saw him do that and I went you know, the English do have a um and I, I think Belshay speaks extraordinary, so I think they're very good at doing it too. But like you could just hear yeah, they really knew where to hit and stuff and yeah, it was good. I suppose well so, yeah, I yeah, Sorry. I think that's right. I think Shakespeare's become slightly more accessible with the, I don't know if you're aware of the cinematic broadcasts that they do from London now. <gasps> yes, yeah. Yeah, that is true. And yeah, the internet, like, that's amazing, those online, those broadcasts are amazing, yeah. It's fantastic because, it, you know, Shakespeare, you know, obviously over 400 years ago he wrote all this stuff, but he writes such... Um, characters of such extraordinary human conditions that, you know, we can still relate to it because we've still felt those feelings of love and hate, you know, all that stuff. Mm. So, yeah, that's pretty cool that you can watch them online. It is. It's it's, it's a great initiative from the uh, the Royal Shakespeare Mm. Company. Mm. Definitely, definitely. So how do you prepare before playing a new role? I think you brought up Crownies. What was the auditioning process like for that show? It was intense. I auditioned, and uh, so I went to do the casting, um, which is, you know, you go in with your, I don't know, do I explain that? People would know that. Yeah, you go in, and you, 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 you prepare two scenes, and I guess the thing is, is that you've got to bring, for, for, for TV and film work, because it's so close, the medium's so close, and, kind of sees through everything. You can't really... 
transform. Like you can't put on silly makeup and, you know, you, you've got to be as truthful as you can to yourself. And, and what you do is you, you go in because you are similar to the character. You look similar to what the producers and what the casting agents think the character looks like. So, and, and it is. So I went in for a lawyer. So I wore, you know, a, a, a nice skirt and shirt. I didn't go in in jeans. And so, you know, sometimes the casting agents don't really, but well, producers and stuff don't really have much imagination. Um, sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. So you go in as close as you can to the case. And it's good for yourself too, because I don't know anything about law. Didn't know anything about law. Um, so yeah, so you go in and um, I, I auditioned and then I didn't hear anything for about three weeks. So, and then I, and then I went to Perth and then, um, see you again for, for that part and I was like you know what and you know there's so many times in there you got you, you you spend the money to come back from Perth you know mm. all that money because it's like in Swartport. so you know you're like oh I don't actually want to spend that money I don't want to come back and I just said to my agent I've got the best agents ever I was just like you know what you ask them where I am on the list and um you know it's hilarious anyway I came back straight away and um because of course I did and then I did the callback and then the next day I got it. So that was a really cool, so I did two callbacks for that. And I got to do it with Ella and with Chris Morris, who, and Chris Morris ended up playing my, my husband in it. And Ella ended up, Ella Scott Lynch, beautiful. Um, she was another lawyer on it, Erin. So it was really good because they got, they got to see the chemistry between me and these characters and these people. And I think that that's quite important, you know, that you've got to see if, you know, it looks as if you've worked with these people or you've been in love with these people or, you know. So, yeah, that was the casting process. And mm. then, yeah, that was it. And the ABC... We, you know, you, you know this. You can go in for millions of auditions and then you can go in for, like, one. And so I guess if they see it, they see it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the ABC did make a, a huge number of episodes for an Australian series, 22 being made of Crownies. What was the filming schedule like for such a large amount of episodes? developed your character in the early episodes, did you ever have any say in dialogue or actions of your character later on? Not, not really. I guess the writers, no. It was all, it was all written, um, no. I guess the writers got a, a sense of what I was like. So in that, they would kind of tweak things to, you know, they began to see Andrea as Lena and then, 
so you know that that's how they kind of did it but not really no no they kind of just they'd let us know where our character was heading and stuff yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i think maybe if you're a bigger like yeah yeah i think um might have had a sense of where she was going in janet king and stuff she might have had i think she collaborated with jane um for that um but yeah yeah so can you take us through an average day on set for you Okay, so you rock up. Um, so, I, so I say I had like six scenes that day, and obviously have all my lines down. Uh, rock up at about maybe five forty-five in Auburn, um, which is a long way away. And um, so we go to Auburn, which is where we had did all the office scenes, because um, that's where this, the office was set up. And so we'd go there, we'd do that. So I'd go in to makeup first and hair, and be there for about two hours in makeup and hair, and it takes a lot to make me look decent. Uh, and then uh, go into costume, and then go into the trailer, and then um, we'd have a we'd have someone come and grab us and say we're doing this scene. So then we'd go upstairs, we'd do, uh, meet the director if we hadn't met him before, or if we hadn't met her or him before. But if we had, we'd quickly do a lines run, and then he. Or she'd say, this is how I see it. And if we'd go, okay, this is how we see it. And then we'd find a medium. And usually it was the same. And usually they had sorted out where, you know, whether it was a walk and talk or whether we're going to do it in the office or whether, you know, and sometimes I'd say, because oh, this is a really secretive scene, I'd like to have me and Ella kind of do it behind this wall. And do you know what I mean? Like mm. you could, if you really had a strong, envisaged, strong, a strong a sense of the scene, you could definitely tell them and they would be totally open to that. And then you'd shoot it and you'd probably get, they'd probably do about five setups for it, five camera setups. And then um, you'd probably get about two takes each. And then, yeah, and then you'd go back downstairs and hopefully catering was happening. You'd eat yourself silly and then try to squeeze still in your costumes and then you'd, you know, do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like a pretty intense day. It was intense because we were so lucky to have such great characters that were in a lot of scenes. It was, it was. And Janet King was a lot more doable for me because um, uh, Lena, you know, had a great storyline, but, you know, uh, you know, yeah, but it, it's amazing. It's it, You kind of run on adrenaline and, yeah, it's great. So how far yeah, in advance you. did you get the scripts? How, uh, well, we kind of get like four, four episodes for that block. We just get all the episodes for that block. So we didn't really know where our characters were going. And so it was really exciting kind of opening it up and going, oh, my God, this happened. Oh, my God, she kissed him. Blah. You know what I mean? Like, so that was kind of fun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, like, you know, Breaking Bad, apparently, they didn't know, did they, at all what was going to happen. I've heard that, you know, yeah. Fine. Yeah, I find that amazing. I guess you, then you can't end game, can you? You can't go, oh, I know where my character's going, so I'm just going to slowly... It's quite good. It, you know, life takes you by surprise. You don't really know what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. kind of cool. It is. Especially now, in that world, yeah. Now, more recently, you've written and directed a short film. Has this been a long-term goal of yours? You are so good. Um, yes, yes. Me and my best friend, um, Louisa Mignoni, um, who's a fantastic actress. She um, 
uh, we came up with the story together and then she wrote um, and we both directed. We, we won this great Metro Screen grant. Metro Screen's fantastic. It was a shorts grant. And um, they gave us some money and then we did a possible campaign and we made the rest of it. And we worked with Frank and Sony, our amazing DOP. And yeah, it all came into fruition. It was, you know, it was hard work and stuff, but it all came into fruition. And um, we went and shot it. And yeah, it is. It is. I, I, you know, I think there's lots of stories that um, are kind of missing from the Australian landscape within TV and film. And, and you can't sit there and complain, oh, how come they're not telling that story and stuff like that? You've just got to write it because people tell stories that are close to them and people that are, you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it has been. And we're, we're, we were really interested in the idea of um, proxy brides. And my grandmother was born here. My grandfather came over from Andros in Greece. So I was interest, I'm very interested in the immigrant experience. Um, my father's from Cyprus too. He came over in the sixties, um, uh, and you know things were a little bit better then. But I'm very interested in you know people leaving war-torn Europe to come to Australia and um, start a whole new life in a whole new climate in a whole new world. And I, I find that fascinating in how you know immigrants have built this country. So you know I, I find that really helped build it. Sorry. Mm. help build it so uh yeah i find that fascinating so yeah it was and we're going to write it was really good to get that off the ground and we're really proud of it and now we just want to kind of keep going yeah it, it is it is i, I find just the medium of storytelling fascinating i went to a great film the other day called whiplash have you seen that i haven't seen that one yet oh you'll love it you'll love it it's amazing it's kind of an indie film you might need to get there soon though so i think it's and you're in adelaide aren't you i am yeah yeah, I reckon it would still build it, be there. I'll have a look. I, I shall try and seek that out. Seek it out, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I find, yeah, yeah, it's great. Mm. Yeah, so that's why we did that, and, yeah, definitely be doing that again. Now, how would you say the industry has changed since you first became involved in it? Um, well, I think it's great that we're embracing our identity a lot more, I feel. I don't know, do you feel that? I, th- I think we are slightly more. I'm not sure if Australians slightly. are ready to embrace the Australian film industry yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, um, I, I, you know, I think we, 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 we're slowly finding our identity. We are really, you know, we complain that American stuff is so much, you know, well, it's so fucking amazing and English stuff's amazing. And, but you kind of go, you know, we're still young. We're still relatively young and... Um, I think we're embracing that we are a multicultural nation and and we do have wonderful indigenous, you know, there are first Australians and we've got wonderful stories, you know, with Redfern now and um, I just watched that uh, Black Comedy, that series that's on the ABC, it's very funny and, you know, so we're looking at, you know, those stories um, and then, you know, we're, em- we're embracing our kind of convict past and... You know, like I think we are kind of slowly understanding that yes, our identity is a mixed, mixed bag, mm. and, and 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 that's okay. And 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 those stories are the more fascinating stories than you know people living in Bondi. Yeah. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I do. It's more interesting to me. And I th- and I think that. Yeah. Well, I I think that I've slowly started to see an increase in the quality of of films and and scripts. I don't know if you've found this with auditions, but. Recently, scripts have been amazing. Yeah. And, you know, going oh, back two years, some of them exciting, can be... exciting, isn't it, for you? It, it you is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you actually want to 
want to go in then. Yeah. You want to go in for the audition because you don't have to say these lousy words and, yeah, that's so true. And, yes, and it's hard for writers here because we don't have the money or the time that Americans have and stuff, you know. Mm. But, yeah, I think the quality is getting better because we are getting pushed by um, international stuff. You know, a separation is wonderful Iranian film. Like, you know, we're watching these films going, oh, yeah, like, you know, those stories are valuable and and they're simple and the budget doesn't look like much, but it's such a powerful story that it's kind of, kind of you know, override all that. But, yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, yeah. what upcoming projects do you have that our listeners can look forward to seeing you in? Well, uh, so I'm shooting The Principal at the moment. Um, which is about a a, a, principal, a man that comes over, Alex Lee Travis's character comes over and um, tries to kind of get these kids, uh, it, it's quite a rough school, and um, Chris Stender's wonderful, wonderful director who directed Red Dog, uh, he's directing it, and um, it, it's a wonderful, I'm not going to give anything away, but it's, it will be wonderful, it'll be airing on SBS, well, I don't know when, but next year sometime, and I'll be performing in two plays at the East Sydney Theatre Company next year. One's called Arms and the Man, and one is called Orlando. And they are, yes, and, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it so far. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Well, a busy year with two theatre productions. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. Oh, gosh, but, you know, I love George Bernard Shaw so much. That, and Richard Cottrell, wonderful director, and Sarah Good, wonderful director. They're both um, directing those plays. And, and Alex and Eve, this wonderful uh, multicultural rom-com, is coming out next year. I don't know when, though. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> but, yeah, so that should be great. Mm, it will. Now, finally, yeah. what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry? Yeah, that's very good. I've, I've heard a lot worse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah. No fallback jobs, though. I, you know, do you believe that? I, I, I've been told so many times that I should have a fallback oh. job, and I can't stand oh. it. It's rubbish. You yeah. Know. It's rubbish, because then you don't give your entirety to this, and mm. you've got to. It's, you know, it's, you've just got to. It's not something you can do half-heartedly. Exactly. And if you do do that, then you're just going to have to deal with the consequences. Mm. 
mm. you know? But yeah, give your whole heart to it. And, and you'll get so much, so many rewards from that. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been wonderful well, talking to you. Lovely speaking to you too. Thank you for interviewing me. My pleasure. That was my chat with Andrea Demetriades, and I hope you thoroughly enjoyed that interview as much as I did conducting it. Now, it has been quite a while since the last podcast, so I do have quite a few movie reviews to uh, to discuss today. Firstly, thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas, I saw The Intern, which is a movie starring Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. Now, I really enjoyed this movie. It wasn't anything uh, mind-blowing, but it was a really enjoyable comedy that has heart and shows that friendship can transcend age, and I gave that one three and a half stars. The next film I saw was the hugely anticipated Ridley Scott film The Martian. Now, it's an enjoyable sci-fi film, and it uses impressive CGI and real science to advance an interesting plot. I gave that one four stars. Now, the next film I saw was The Visit, and this was thanks to Universal Entertainment. And, I mean, it uh, it played up the comedy, I think, more than people were anticipating, which created a strange atmosphere at the premiere, because uh, it was billed as a very scary movie. And while there were a couple of jumpy moments, it was a lot of laugh-out-loud moments. So I don't think it quite knew what it was going to be. Uh, and most people just left smiling and laughing, rather than look like they'd had a, you know, a scary experience at a great horror movie. So that one was a little bit meh, two and a half stars, and that was thanks to Universal Entertainment. The next film I saw was part of the British Film Festival, and the film was Brooklyn. Now, uh, it, it's a very nice, safe film, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, but it wasn't anything new or groundbreaking, but it was a lovely way to spend 90 minutes. I gave that one three and a half stars, and that's uh, part of the British Film Festival that's showing at Palace Nova Cinemas around Australia, and that film, Brooklyn, also opens in the US cinemas later this week. I saw that thanks to Picture This. And the next film I saw was Legend. Now, Tom Hardy really does shine in this biopic of the Cray twins. It's an emotional, in-depth look at the violent lives and the downfall of those twins. It has a strong script, strong actors, and some great music and cinematography. And I gave that one four stars, and that was also thanks to Picture This Entertainment. Now, the next film I saw was Black Mass, thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas. Now, this film definitely offers Johnny Depp's strongest performance ever. I've never been much of a fan of his, but he does actually get to flex his acting muscles and proves that he actually has some in this scary, thrilling look at this real-life gangster. I gave that one three and a half stars. The next film I saw was Crimson Peak. Now, uh... Del Toro's new movie is a superbly packaged sound and sight feast, and it delivers for those wanting a mix of horror and supernatural. I gave that one four stars, and that screening was thanks to Universal Entertainment. Well, now we're getting to the end, getting to the 25th of October. This one, this was The Dressmaker. Now, it's one of those rare Australian dark comedies that doesn't dwell too much on the drama, but rather counters it with an Aussie humour that doesn't always translate to the rest of the world. But it was a good Australian film, and that one has four stars. That screening was also also courtesy of Universal Entertainment. More recently, I saw Bridge of Spies, with a script by the Coen brothers, directed by Steven Spielberg, and starring Tom Hanks. Nothing could stand in the way of this film winning a bucket load of Oscars. So, uh, there's nothing wrong with this film, I just thought it did play it very safe, but it was a very strong film. I gave that one four stars, and the screening was courtesy of 20th Century Fox. I finally saw Burnt. Now, this looked like a recipe for disaster, and it has been critically panned all around the world, but I absolutely loved it. It proves that you should never judge a film by its trailer. It's, it's overall one of the best films in quite a while. It has a superb story, great cinematography, and a cast of the highest calibre. You really can't afford to miss this one. I saw it thanks to Palace Nova Cinemas. It's playing there. It's uh, five stars from me on that one, and I really do encourage you to check it out, despite what all the other reviews have said.
Also, last night, thanks to Picture This, I saw the premiere screening of Man Up. Now, it is one of the greatest romantic comedies I've seen in a long time. It's a solid four star. Simon Pegg and Lake Bell work brilliantly together. It's a real British romantic comedy. Uh, it's, it's one of the best ones we've seen since Love Actually, so I do encourage you to check that out as well. Also, on stage, I had the opportunity to see Dirty Dancing. Now, unfortunately, this musical did fall flat for me. In uh, the fact that it wasn't really a musical, I know that they did say that a little bit. They still had the word musical on the poster, and the fact that neither of the leads actually sang anything, and music wasn't used to advance the story, uh, really sort of defeats the purpose of using that word. The story was flimsy, the dancing was fantastic, the two singers they had were strong, but not brilliant, and of course the, uh, the acting was a little bit... Uh, cliched and a little bit too stagey, uh, but I mean, it is Dirty Dancing. I'm sure fans of the musical loved it, but critically, I didn't think it was that great. Well, I've been your host, Benjamin May McKay. I'd like to thank all our supporters, that's Madman Entertainment, Mad Zombie Collectibles, Palace Nova Cinemas, and Roadshow Entertainment. I'll be back later this month with another exciting interview. See you then.